Will a key member of the Eagles be back for Saturday's game against Florida State? Jeff Halfley gives his take on the injury to Ozzy Trapilla. We'll get into that. Which games the Eagles could win against some bad teams. And we're going to look at a little bit about basketball, something we haven't talked about in a while. All of this on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Thank you all for uh, tuning in today's show. Now, on Tuesday, Jeff Halfley had his weekly press conference ahead of the Florida State game. And on his show, on his press conference, excuse me, he talked about the an injury to Ozzie Trapillo, a offensive lineman that BC is desperately needing to get back uh, ahead of this game against the Seminoles on Saturday. Now, Trapillo has been out with a knee injury since the Rutgers game. Uh, it looks like he possibly heard it before the end of the game when he got beat on two final plays. But Consistently, he was the best offensive lineman in that game, which isn't saying much because that offensive line was bad. But I think his grade went down after he had the injury. and um, But he would be a major get back. So Halfley said on on Tuesday that um, Trapillo is practicing with the team. He's not at 100% yet. He is uh, not doing everything yet. But he's hoping that as the week goes on, he can add more and more to his plate. This would be absolutely big news for BC. Now, is it enough news to have them win against on Saturday against the, the Seminoles? Absolutely not. <laughs> I still, you know, with a 16 and a half point spread, I think the Eagles need a lot more than just one offensive lineman. Who's only played what three or four games in his career. That being said, he's an immediate upgrade from the guys that you have out there right now. You know, when you have guys like Nick Thomas, who's been struggling and other guys trying to fill that role, Trapillo is is much more of an anchor there. He is a much more consistent player, a guy that can do a lot more and hopefully keep Phil Dracovic up against a Florida State defensive line that is very good. So I'm excited to hear that he could be coming back. Now, as always, with Jeff Halfley's comments, and I, again, I want to preface this. I don't call him a liar. He's not a liar. He's a coach, and coaches speak in guarded terms because they don't want to give anything away to co- to the opposing teams. But you have to wonder, like, is he playing? Is he not? You never know. He doesn't come ever, with an injury. Halfley never, ever comes out and just tells you if a guy is out or in, if they're questionable, right? He'll tell you if a guy broke his leg and he's not coming back. Like he'll, he'll be honest about that. But otherwise, what's the point of him telling us? He doesn't have anything. He doesn't owe the media, any injury explanations. And for the media, we can't get any info on this anyways, because you get like 15 minutes of practice. So you can see Trapillo go out there and do some warmups, but is he actually playing with the first team? How's he feeling? How's, how's he feeling after practice? Those are all things that we can't see. So Trapillo could play. He may not play. You have to hold your, hold your breath and hope that he does, because that would be a, a big, big factor for BC. And, give you just a little bit more of an edge against a good Florida state team with a good defensive back. Now there's more injury news out there, and this is going to go into the, to the fine world of speculation and trolling. And our favorite new troll is Christian Mahogany, who has for the last three weeks been tweeting nonstop 
all sorts of just memes, basically memes over and over again about possibly coming back to the Eagles this season. Now, his most recent one was, um, and it's hard, this is a tweet that he sent today at 1.05 p.m. that just said, this is fantastic news with Stephen Colbert. And he's been tweeting more and more memes as the day has gone on. But this has been something he's been doing for weeks. Now, this has got me thinking. If Mahogany just got cleared, and, and maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's not. Maybe he has a couple more weeks. But whatever it is, if he comes back, you add mahogany, you add mahogany and you add trapillo in the next couple of weeks. You remove whoever the guys are that are struggling most, most likely Nick Thomas, most likely also whoever the other guard is at that point, whether it's Jackson Ness or uh, Dwayne Alec. You replace them with an all ACC guard like Christian Mahogany. You place them next to Ozzy Trapillo, who's playing better, and you put Jack Conley over there next to Mahogany, all of a sudden this offensive line might have a little bit more teeth to it. With Mahogany, you're definitely getting more teeth. You're not going to have a guy that's going to cause a ton of issues. You have to get excited, right? You have to get excited that that might be the way the offensive line gets themselves going. So you, you folks, you have, you have Florida State this week. You have Louisville next week. If they could get Mahogany back before Clemson's, before Phil Dracovic has eulogy and i don't even want to think about what that game is going to look like getting mahogany and trapillo back would be absolutely enormous for holding your own in those games and not having your quarterback get killed every time he goes back those would be major up major ups i mean you're replacing nick thomas with ozzy trapillo you're replacing jackson ness or Dwayne alec with christian mahogany you gotta tell me those are big upgrades right in addition, as much as we've crapped on the play of the offensive line, they did not look great against Maine. There have been guys that have been playing better. Finn Durstein's fine. He's not a guy that gets blown up in games. He's he's fine. He's you know if you got Mahogany out there as the other guard, he's fine. Drew Kendall is getting better. I was talking to Mitch Wolf about this, and he said he watched the tape and he said, "Wow, you know he's getting better out there." You know, the first game Kendall was out there, he looked like he didn't know where he was going on some of his assignments. You don't see that anymore. It's these other positional players, and I hate pointing them out, but that's my job, right? That have been struggling, and you replace them with an all-ACC guard? That is, that, that's like a transfer portal win right there. So, not to get our, put the horse before the carriage here, or the carriage before the horse, excuse me. Mahogany and Trapillo would be a massive move in the right direction for this program and put them in a position at the end of the year where maybe we actually see what this offense looks like. See what Dracovic can do. Get the offensive ground game going for the first time this season. But we don't know. And the fun part of all of this is we won't know. And I expect, and I will put this in writing right now, that if Mahogany is actually cleared to play, you won't find about it in a depth chart that's put out by Boston College. You won't find out about it at a press conference by Jeff Halfley because he's not going to say anything. You're going to go either at a home game and you go, wow, 73's out there. Wow, I didn't expect him. And boom, he's starting. Or if you're in a way, you're going to listen to you know Chris Cotter or Mark Hersley go, look who's out there. It's, it's Christian Mahogany. And you're going to be like, wow, didn't know that because you know that Halfley is not going to reveal that. He's going to all of a sudden just show up at a game and all of a sudden be ready to go. 
So if you're expecting to hear about it ahead of time, I think that's what's going to happen. Oh, oh, sorry. The third option, actually, this will probably be the most likely option, is a half hour before kickoff, Pete Thamel's going to tweet out, this is just in. Sources tell me that Christian Mahogany is going to play today. It's going to be one of those. I, I, I guarantee that. Or one of the sickos is going to figure things out before the game starts. They seem to know everything anyways from wherever their sources are. But go with Thamel or the sickos on this that they're going to figure that out. Now, in a moment, BC's been bad. We, we we all know that. We know that the Eagles have been playing poorly, but how poorly would they play against some of the worst teams historically in college football? We're going to get into all of that in just a moment. Now, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So what you need to do is just head on over to LinkedIn and then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire and help your business. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked on Boston College here, AJ Black. So one question that came up, and I, I again, I get to our, uh, our friend Mitch who came up with some of these questions. He wanted to know how BC would do against some programs that have been historically bad. Would they win or historically or playing poorly right now? Would they win against some of these teams? And I, I went through and I, I'm going to give you my thoughts. And it's a lot more complicated than, no, they're going to lose because they stink. Their offensive line stinks because these teams stink too. But who stinks the worst <laughs> at this point, right? So if you're on YouTube right now, and if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just hit that subscribe button and be uh, notified wherever Locked On podcasts come out for BC. You're going to want to make sure you get on, involved with that. But the first team is Colorado. Colorado is also 0-3, and they are bad. They are really, really bad. Um, Col- uh, d- you know, their head coach is not doing well. They've been outscored 42-7, to and they've only played TCU, Air Force, and Minnesota. You know, tougher schedule, but they're still not doing well at all. And the worst part of their team is their defense. Their running defense is averaging 348 ga- uh, yards per game on the ground. Would BC beat Colorado? Yes. BC would beat Colorado. Colorado is really bad. I think they're going to have a coaching change at some point. They're just, they're a mess right now. So that would be a win right there. That's our first one. I'm going to, again, this is teams that are historically bad and teams that are bad right now. Oregon state, Oregon state is a team that has had no real uh, historical significance. They're not a team that has really done much of anything, which people can say BC has been like that, but I think BC, you know, they've, they've, they've battled more than I think Oregon state has. Oregon state is three and zero. They've beaten Boise state, Fresno state and Montana state. They would absolutely smoke BC at this point. <laughs> this was a team that BC when BC was not bad uh, or, or playing as poorly as they were, 
was projected to play them in some of the bigger bowls, they would beat BC pretty handily. I think, you know, a team that is averaging 46 points a game um, would easily take out the Eagles. So that's one. The one-on-one. Now Vanderbilt. This is the next team on my list of potential um, opponents. Now, they are they are the dregs of the SEC, and they have been the dregs of the SEC for quite a while now. They are three and one with wins over Hawaii, Elon, and Northern Illinois, and they lost to Wake Forest forty-five to twenty-five. They allowed, um, you know, they have allowed uh, twenty-eight point five points per game, but they've had forty-two points a game. Would Vanderbilt beat BC at this year? I hate to say it, but they would. They absolutely would. They're averaging 5.7 yard, nine yards per game on the yard uh, on the ground. Uh, they're throwing for 170 yards per game. They're a, they're a tough team right now, uh, and they're battle tested. I think they'd beat BC. So that that's a tough one because we all know how bad Vandy has been over the last few years. Next, UVA. Again, a team that right now is a mess in the same sense that BC is a mess. They have literally no offensive line at all. And so when all the talk this year was about, you know, Dracovic on our our channel, to be fair, lots of folks were talking about Brennan Armstrong and his return. They have two wins and they beat Richmond in a game that was close, just like Maine was. They got smoked by Illinois, who's not good. And they lost to Old Dominion. Oh, they beat Old Dominion 16 to 14. A team that beat Virginia Tech, who beat BC. I think BC is better than Virginia, Virginia. I do. I think BC's defense is better than Virginia's defense. So this would be a slop fest, but I think BC would beat the Cavaliers. I think that would, what is that, two and two now? You know, Virginia Tech, Virginia is averaging 17.7 points a game. Their offense is not good. I think BC's defense would be able to hold them in. All right. Also, again, a historically bad team. This is I, I feel like I'm not being fair to BC and putting this one in there, but Kansas, they're 3-0. They're playing a 3-0 Duke team, who I almost put on this list as well. Lance Leopold is going to be a hot coaching candidate at the end of the season. They would absolutely beat BC right now. And again, if they luckily BC does not have to head to, to Lawrence to play them, but I would think Kansas would easily beat BC. So that another historically bad team that would beat the Eagles. And that's it. I, you know, there were other teams I was considering. I was thinking of putting in, um, you know, like an Arizona who's pretty bad has been pretty bad. Uh, you know, there were some big 10 teams with Rutgers, but Rutgers already beat BC. Now, do you have a team that you want to know would BC beat them? Put them in the comment section. Love to hear what you have to say about that. And if you haven't already hit the subscribe button. Now in a moment, we're going to wrap our conversation up for the day with just some news items and talking about basketball. Cause it's starting to get excited about the future of BC who has some big, uh, a big team that could be really exciting heading into the 2022-23 season. But before we do that, I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of your latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BC is a 16.5-point underdog to Florida State this weekend. 
Do you agree? Do you think they're going to get beat badly? If you're, if you're feeling the BC is not doing that well, you can head over to bet online and, and get some action on that right now. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including major league baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. You need to head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at bet online where the game starts. Locked on BC, AJ Black here, and we've been talking football for like weeks now, and I haven't had a chance to really get into basketball, but I want to say right now that I'm getting in on the hype train for the for 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 Earl Grant and this team. Uh, you know, we have schedule now, we have the out of conference schedule, but the more I listen, the more I hear, and John Rothstein of um, you know, who's the one of the weirdest sports follows you can have. I mean, the dot guy just tweets out catchphrases like it's his job. Um, but he's a well-connected guy and he had BC, you know, he's saying that this is going to be a huge year for BC and that if things bounce right, that they could be a, a 17 to 19 win team that puts them right at the edge of being a, a tournament team. What I think, what I'm thinking about this program is that I said before, They've got depth. They've got five starters that I I'm ha- I'm I think are going to be good. You know, it sounds like Prince Oligby is going to be a starter. He called him uh, John Rothstein called Oligby a throwback to the Al Skinner era. So for those fans out there that were a big fan of Skinner and were bummed that he got fired, Grant's bringing back that dirt dog mentality that that mentality of like a really hard out. Like this is a team that's going to be hard to beat, and I think this year. You look at all the teams that you're playing against. You're playing some tough teams, right? Duke's going to be good. You know, you're going to play UNC, who's, you know, the defending uh, runner-up for the national championship. You know, other teams are going to take a step forward, like Louisville or NC State. But don't count out the Eagles. Earl Grant has built a culture here. And yeah, just like Jeff Halfley, he hasn't won anything yet. He had two ACC tournament wins. But if you believe that a team can turn around quickly in college basketball, which I do. I think it's easier to turn around seven or eight players to get a competitive team than it is for like a Halfley. If he jumped into a team and they need to replace 40 players, it's just, it's just numbers, right? Well, they have their guys in, you know, all the, all the Jim Christian guys, other than Makai Ashton Langford and DeMar Langford are gone. He's got his guys in. He's got his this mega recruiting class coming in with DJ Hand and Chaz Kelly and Armani Mighty, who has the best name in college foot basketball to come through BC in a long time. They've got depth, and I love that. I think this is going to be a fun, fun team to watch. And they've got a manageable out-of-conference schedule where they can build some momentum before they hit the ACC schedule. When they play Duke in that early uh, December game, they're going to have some momentum going here and they've played together for a while, you know, post in the Langford brothers and, and Zachary, these guys have been together for a while. Now they know each other. They know what they can and can't do. It's going to make this basketball program much more fun than what you're watching on the football field right now. I can tell you that folks, but I, I, what I'm hoping for, for this year is this team is not an easy out at all to any team. That this is not no longer will BC lose by 30 points to a Duke or a Syracuse or a Louisville. Like they're in those games. I would love to see that. The the battles. The other piece I'd love to see is the fan base returning because that is going to be the next key step for the re- resurrection of this program. We saw we have now 
a coach that many people believe in that has built a program that hopefully can contend in the ACC. He's going to get his practice facility that will hopefully get recruits in and keep the players here. But the big piece that's missing is the fans. The student, students need to come back to this team, and winning is going to do that. Start off the season with some big wins. Really build a, a, a program that's enjoyable to watch. you got to prove to the because I, I think I, I point to the students because it, it's them you see when you look at the when they're showing the the behind the, the basket and there's like 10 students there. The, people see that. Get get the students back in. And I think they will be back this year. I can feel the buzz about the BC basketball program. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, they open up on November 7th against Dartmouth. You know, you don't want any dumb losses to start. That would be catastrophic. So hopefully BC can figure those, that thing out, get their, get their guys out there and play well. You know, a nice couple early wins, go to that tournament down in, um, I forget what Caribbean island it's in, but go down there and win. That, that would be nice for this program. Now, on tomorrow's show, it's continuing on our Florida State talk conversation. We're going to get into any news and updates that we have. You know, Jeff Halfley will be talking to the media again on Wednesday. We'll have updates on that. And we'll be joined on Friday by Mitch, who's going to give us our previews and predictions for Saturday's game. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Please hit subscribe if you're listening and you have not done so. And if you're listening and you haven't left a comment, that helps too. Like just say, hey, I don't agree with you there. Or AJ, you had a great point there. Do that as well. It'll help us uh, more people find our podcast and get our message out to more folks. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again on Thursday. Have a good one, folks.